0: You are never gonna let you never gonna let me die You are never gonna let you never gonna let me die So
1: the last couple of weeks Todd has been who can tell me what todd has been teaching on stewardship. stewardship yeah and so uh i'm going to continue um with that today I've been praying a lot about it and meditating a lot on it, and we'll just see how the Lord brings it out. So three things I want to say before I get started. Um, The first thing is, is that as I'm teaching, the Holy Spirit's going to start talking to you. Don't ignore him because he's going to say better things than I have. He's just going to use whatever I'm saying to trigger you if it's something that he personally wants to speak to you. Number two, I am going to get into a little bit of science. Does anybody like science? Raise your hand. Okay. Um, I think, you know, all that science is is it's a description of what God made. So science should be in the church along with art and um, drama and everything. There's nothing that we do as humans that should not be in the church because God created us. We're in his, made in his image, and we are creative people. And even with science, the study of science, all it is is description of what he's made. So I'm gonna get into a little bit of that. So don't get really nervous, I'm gonna try to keep it really simple because this is just my understanding of it. If you hear things and you like it and you wanna know more or you're confused about what I'm saying, the one person that I got this from is Dr. Caroline Leaf. Has anybody heard of her before? She's a South African, and she is a neuroscientist, which means she studies the brain. She also um, has a degree in communication, and she's an audiologist. And um, so if you have any questions or want to know more, you can YouTube her. She's got free videos out there, and then she's got books and other things, too, that you could purchase. But there's lots of free stuff out there. Um, <clears throat> so stewardship. Here's the third thing that kind of has my introduction. So... Let me draw. I'm going to attempt to draw, okay? And this is more like win, lose, or draw. You're going to have to, like, guess. Thank you. It's a brain. Yeah. So I am going to be... Let's see. Just some brain. This is a smiling brain. Um, So outside of your head, what does this brain do? outside of your body. Nothing. nothing. And a lot of times in in our world and in our culture, people who don't know the Lord worship this right here. They think that this is the boss and that this controls everything. Down to do you know what what's also in here? I'll get into this a little bit is your DNA. They worship the brain and they worship genetic code and they think that's ruler of all. So, I'm going to be talking about stewarding your thought life. So, this topic for me, um, I mean, I've been in church for a while and we, we hear about stewarding your thoughts and you have to take every thought captive and you have to make it obedient to Jesus and that you have to renew your mind and you hear this and you can quote this if you've been in church for any number of years, you can quote all these things and you know that your thought life is important, but who's mastered this? I've heard it, and, I, and so this, this topic's really um, personal for me because uh, just in my life, and some of you know my history, there was probably about 10 years of my life that I lived in total fear for good reason. Just, it was just a bad circumstance, but what happened is, is being in that fear for 10 years coming out of it and being set free for some of the fear, you still have like these old habits, how do you break free from them? And so I've had fear in my life. I've had anxiety, suffered from anxiety and panic attacks. Um, suffered from depression. I am a whole lot better than I used to be. I don't have this perfect. But I want to share with you what I've learned this year. Um, because it has helped me tremendously, which I am a deep thinker. And I, I like science. And I like learning a bunch of stuff. And, and so for me, this... Just This has been a total change for me. So, um, Stephanie, can you pull up that uh, Romans for me? So when I teach, I like teaching out of the passion, and so I have it here so we can read it together. This is Romans twelve two. It says, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through the total reformation of how you think. So we do have a responsibility. We, we have a responsibility to monitor what we allow in our, in our head, right? This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. So how do you do that? how do you renew your mind? Because that's what I was told. Well, you just got to change the way you think. And and I don't know if anybody here has ever had anxiety or depression or fear, or even, even if it's not like a lifestyle of it, you just had moments of these things. It can be so overwhelming that you're like, I how do you escape this? And so there was a period where, where I felt this way. And I had two people on two different occasions tell me about Caroline Leaf as I was struggling with some stuff, and um, I thought, okay, God, you know, is it, it must be God. Two, two people in one week told me about Caroline Lee, so I started listening to her. We are all made in the image of God. Do we agree with that? We're all made in his image, and we're all brilliant. Can you all say that? I am, I am brilliant. Okay. So when God made man, <clears throat> we're three parts, right? And i just draw stick, people. All right. So this is our what? Our body, right? We all have a body. And we all have a spirit. And then what else do we have? A soul, right? We have our soul. So the body is what's going to... The body's what dies when we die, right? But your spirit and your soul, they'll remain. They live forever, right? And if you are born again, you are, have eternal life with Jesus and God. And if you're not born again, you're damned, eternally damned, and you will spend eternity separated from God. So in the spirit, there's intuition, conscience, and communion. So your intuition is where the Holy Spirit will speak to you, and it's where you know truth. Your conscience is what knows right from wrong. Communion is where we have communion with God. It's where we're worshiping God. That's where our ultimate should be. It's living a lifestyle of worship constantly in communion with God. That's what your spirit is. Well, before you're born again, your spirit is unregenerated. Like when Adam and Eve, in the beginning, they walked with God and they talked with God and they were able to commune with him Directly, once they chose to disobey God, they were disconnected from God, right? And so God's whole plan in that is to bring Jesus to redeem us back so our spirit gets born again. Once you're born again, your spirit gets directly connected back to God. You have a direct connection with God when your spirit man gets born again, okay? So your soul, I'm going to define what that is. It's your intellect, your will, and your emotions. Your intellect is where you think. Your will is where you choose. And your emotions is where you feel. Okay? None of that should be the boss. Okay? Think, choose, and feel. But God designed us that way, that we could think, and then we have choice right? We, we have the power to choice. That's, that's why God, um, one of my sons asked me this weekend, if God could do anything, then why did he even create Adam and Eve so they could, they could sin? Like, why did he even put the tree? How many people have asked that question? Why did God put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden? Choice. Love always provides a choice. He wanted us to choose, so we have the ability to choose, right? Okay. Your body, I'm going to give you these words. I'm not real sure what they mean, are also three parts, the mesoderm, the endoderm, and the extoderm. The only thing I know is that's what is in an embryo when a baby is conceived, and then it breaks off into all the other parts of the body. It's what we see physically. Those are the three things. So once you have, you get born again, you have, um, sorry, let me erase this. Are these drawings helping at all? I'm a visual person. So. Okay, so I'm going to draw my person again, but I'm going to bring it down here a little bit. Okay. So when you get born again, you have a direct connection to the Holy Spirit. And there's an order in this. Your Holy Spirit is co- directly connected to your spirit, which is directly connected to your soul, which is connected to your body, right? So we have a direct connection to the Holy Spirit. So we should be getting information from the Holy Spirit that channels through our spirit into our soul. We're in the Bible everywhere in the Bible it talks about look at Jesus, gaze upon Jesus, set your mind on things above. Constantly it tells us where you're supposed to have your mind. In Romans chapter 7, where Paul is talking and he's talking about the works of the flesh versus the work of the Spirit, right? And he talks about how we are not, once you get born again, you're now in the Spirit. We can walk in the Spirit because of the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, then you are going to do the works of the flesh, okay? Is everybody following me? Okay. All right. So your soul, do y'all remember what I said that was? Mind, will, and emotions. And that's what's in your brain, okay? Now here's the really interesting part about your brain. I had no idea. Your brain, when you have thoughts, and you've been forming thoughts since you were in your mother's womb. Memories, thoughts, it's the same thing. You've been forming them. And what happens when you form a thought, they can look like two, it says they have an arbor-like structure. Do you know what arbor means? Tree. So, you have these things. This is kind of what a thought looks like in your brain. And Caroline Lee talks about it being a tree. So, this is what a healthy thought looks like. And there's pictures of these. They're called dendrites. You can actually look them up. And then the toxic thought looks like a tree, except it has these hooks on it, like they're thorns. So, they have actual pictures of strongholds in your mind, and the you think healthy thoughts or toxic thoughts, and there's a guy who recently won the Nobel Peace Prize who's an atheist, he does not believe in God, but he says, after studying, he's a neurologist, neuro, neuroscientist, after studying the brain, he said that humans were designed for love, that we're taught fear, but that we were created for love. And so we have a love zone or we have a fear zone, and you choose which zone you get to, to be in, okay? And in your brain, when you start thinking, if you have a toxic thought, it'll start creating these trees in your, in your mind, and it will get into your subconscious, okay? Your subconscious controls 99.9% of who you are. Your subconscious is what you don't what you don't think about. So not only is it controlling your heart rate and your breathing and your temperature and all of that, it also has all those thoughts that you've built over all these years are in your subconscious. And every now you're every uh, it's four hundred billion actions per second. is how fast this process is. How fast your thoughts are, which is faster than the speed of light. It's called it's a, quantum, it's a quantum energy, which I could get into that, but my husband told me not to. <laughs> he said I, I could lose people. So anyway, so it's quantum energy. You're, you have that many actions per second. So as you're thinking in your subconscious, what will happen is you will have four to seven thoughts come into your conscious mind at a time. That's how much it can handle, okay? So you are going... Through life, and all of your life circumstances that you've built will, will give you a perception of what's happening now. Okay? So, when people who have a lot of rejection issues, because they've been rejected and they, they have these thoughts of rejection, and you've heard people say that, well, if they feel like they're rejected, then they're just going to be welcoming people to reject them. Did that make sense? Did I say that? It makes sense. Um, this is why. Like, it's in their subconscious, and so it just kind of comes out. Okay. But if you've wired it in, you can wire it out. Okay. This was the most hopeful thing because, you know, I'm listening to her and I'm going, oh my gosh, think about all the years that I've had all these fear thoughts and that they're just in there. What, who can help me? Like, how am I going to change this? And after, if it's been wired in, you can wire it out. It takes 21 days to make a permanent memory. So, very, um, What's the word? If you're um, diligent, like you do this, it takes seven minutes a day to change your thoughts. It takes seven minutes a day for you to deconstruct the toxic thought and to build a new thought. Okay? So let's say that you come to church and you hear a really good message and you're like, man, you grab a hold of it and you go, man, that that was spot on. I am going to have god's joy in my life from now on i receive it and i do and you do and it's a free gift and god gives it to you and then you go out and you are just feeling great for the day everything's good you're joyful and then the next day you go to work and you spill coffee all over you like, okay you know i can handle it and you keep going you go to work somebody cuts you off in traffic i mean life just happens right we live in a fallen world where situations happen you can't control what happens to you like you're gonna if People get in car accidents and they get hurt. Is that their, their fault? I mean, it is if they were the crazy driver, but, you know, what is that, that your fault when something bad happens to you? No. But you do have one one thing that you can do is to choose. You choose your reaction to that, right? So you can receive something from God, but if you allow these thoughts, you don't take control of your mind and allow these thoughts... Be aware of what's coming in, and you start listening to the accuser or even just your history. Remember, because you've got all of these years of subconscious memories that are telling you how to think. You've got to be able to take a step back because God has made us with the ability to take a step back and observe ourselves, right? We can actually observe ourselves, observe our thinking, and we can stop it. Stop those things. So you can work on one toxic memory, toxic thought for 21 days and make it a permanent memory will then will override and I have done it I have done and it was the most amazing thing because I just spent seven minutes a day and I took one little toxic thought and I just spent seven minutes I prayed in the beginning and then you she's got five steps that you do and it completely has changed my life just that one toxic thought I've done another one I'm in the process of but I'm telling you it's the most hopeful thing if you've wired it in you can wire it out I just want to tell you a little bit um, more about your, your brain because it's amazing. Like, God has made us so amazing. In your brain, you have the capacity to hold 3 million years' worth of memories. 3 million years' worth of memories. So you're not, you're not going to think, like, overthink yourself. So, um, sorry, I know this is all over the place. So you know um, in the Bible where it talks about in the Old Testament that the sins of the fathers will visit the children to the third and fourth generation. What research has shown is that your thought life can affect your offspring to four generations. Just your thought life. So you're thinking, can you pull up Deuteronomy? So let's read what God's word says about it. This is Deuteronomy 30, 19. It says, I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. God says to choose life. And so, when we don't choose life in our thinking, it can affect your descendants up to four generations. But here's the really cool thing. So, You've made mistakes in your, in your thought life, and you think, well, man, my, my descendants are doomed. They're going to be doing the same things that I've done. But that's not true because God has created your DNA to where 95% of your genome is perfect, 95%. So just because they say you have the gene for breast cancer or Alzheimer's runs in your family or, um, you know, you're going, to have, you're going to have heart disease or I'm going to have anxiety and depression because my parents did – That is not true. They want to, they, the world wants you to think that your genetic code is supreme, but it's not. 95% of it is perfect. There's 5% where there is a possibility, but guess what? It's zipped up and locked away, not to be accessed until your thoughts access it. And so if you have believed that lie of my mom had cancer, so I'm gonna get cancer, not true and if you've already wired that that type of thinking in that you're expecting it you can stop that thinking and start agreeing with god's word and declaring god's word over you and it it actually changes now we've known all this in the spiritual level we've known all of these truths in spirit we hear every sunday about how you um Jesus came to, so that you would be healed and set free and delivered and that you don't have to be depressed and we should be joyful and all of these spiritual truths. But what's really cool is that science is catching up with the Bible. Science is proving that this is true. So you might go, well, why did Jesus have to die if we were all designed this way? I mean, because New Age has been doing this. The world has been doing this positive thinking. Um, there's that one guy. I can't think of his name. He was, um, he was not a believer. He was a New Age man. He died in the last year. I can't think of his name, but you can read his stuff, and it sounds like it's the Bible. Has anybody ever read New Age things or have friends who, like, post these things, and it sounds so much like the Bible, but it's not? Does anybody, can anybody bear witness with that? So how? Like, that bothered me when I first realized it that it was true like this stuff is just true so if it's true for everybody then what makes it different why did jesus have to die what makes it different and here's what makes it different it will only work without the connection to the holy spirit for a short period you have to be connected to the vine okay has to be connected with the vine for for this to continue to work um so anyway let me get back to the dna so your dna zipped up it will only be unlocked through your thought life. And then, let me find it. So your mind can override your genes. Your reaction, which is how you think or choose, will, can, if you think and choose in the wrong in the fear zone, you're going to cause stress in your body, which causes the disease. That's what happens when you use your freedom to choose incorrectly. So when you have a thought and you're, you're thinking about it and how you build this tree, is they actually, it takes proteins. So these are living things. Thoughts are living things that take up real estate in your brain. They form DNA structures. And these DNA structures is what will unlock the genetic code. Does does that make sense? So there's one other quantum. Anybody know quantum um, physics? Look at that at all. There's one little quantum thing that I just want to touch on real quick because I thought this was really cool. So um, our body our body lives in a physical world, right? And in our physical world, we're bound by time and space. Well, in, mathematically, I think that they've proven this, that if you take two twins, two twins, and you have one that lives on Earth, and you send the other one at the speed of light to the closest star, that the one that comes back, that went to the star and that comes back, he'll actually be younger than the one who stayed here. So the further you get away from Earth, time actually slows down. Okay? Okay. And God is an eternal God, right? He's outside time and space. Your spirit man, where is it seated? In heavenly places with Christ Jesus. So your spirit man is also outside time and space. So let's say that you um, were pregnant and you weren't saved. And now you're saved, your kids are grown, and you here. man, it was really good for me to pray for my child in the womb, but I didn't pray for my child in the womb because I wasn't saved then. I didn't know. I don't know how this happens, but you can pray your prayer. That's outside time and space. And the God who is outside time and space can actually go back and apply that prayer to when your child was in the womb. So nothing is without hope. Like nothing is is hopeless. So all those times that you've messed up, you can pray. I mean, our minds can't understand this because we're time and space thinkers. I mean, that's how we're taught to think is in time and space. He's outside time and space. So all those mistakes that you made, you can you can pray. And 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 it's a quantum energy, it happens in seconds. So thirty seconds of praying for someone changes things. Colossians, I didn't pull this one up. It's Colossians one, chapter one, I think verse seventeen talks about how all things were made for him and by him and through him, and there wasn't nothing made that that he didn't make. I butchered that. But what that's talking about. It's when you go down further into, like, the, the smallest thing that we thought years ago was an atom, but now they know that atoms are smaller, and they have subatomic particles, and they get down to these strings, and they have string theory, that within these, the very smallest parts are these little packets of energy, and they don't know what it is, and it's the quantum, that's, that's the quantum levels, little packets of energy, that's, what I think is the God God factor. And it's in everything. It has an atom. It has this. So we actually affect, we can affect people with, that's why we can affect people with our words. And so when you come to somebody and you have a word from the Lord and you're releasing that packet of energy that's love and you can release it to them, you can actually change what happens in, in their brain. Does this make sense at all? Okay. So... Here's my question. Actually, first a statement. You're responsible for what you put in your brain. So what have you been focused on? Because we can go out and we can complain about how bad the world is and how bad um, certain movements are and the shootings that happen. And it is bad. But what are what are we doing? If we are... Light of the world, if we carry hope, if we carry Jesus in us, what are we doing to affect the world around us? Meaning, how are you thinking about it? When I say Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump, what's your thoughts about them? When I say Barack Obama, what are your thoughts about them? Because on a quantum level, you're affecting them, especially if you have the power of God in your life to curse someone. You know, James said that, that you curse, you curse people and you bless God out of the same mouth. That shouldn't be so. So what are you what are you thinking? Because the Bible also talks about how out of the abundance of the heart and the mouth speaks. So if you're thinking about it, it's eventually gonna come out. And and I don't do this, I don't do this perfectly but I am aware now. I am more aware of it than I ever have been before. And so before I would try and I would try and then I would wonder why I would struggle. Well, then when I found this and I went, oh my gosh, I think about death all the time. I had no idea. I had no idea how often I thought about death. I mean, I mean, I know there's, in some ways I did know because I drive over the bridge and I think, oh, How am I going to get out if I drive to the bridge? I mean, there's things that I knew that I had it, but I had no idea how often. I mean, everything ended up for me being about death. And so that was constantly telling my body something because my body is made to respond to my soul. And so if my mind, will, and emotions are constantly choosing death and fear, I'm telling my body death and fear and I'm unlocking DNA but you can change it all it takes is a step back over into the love zone into the zone that God calls us to so what kind of music do you listen to when you're not here on on Sundays what kind of message is that putting into your your brain remember it gets into your subconscious do you know that the average person hears 5,000 advertisements for one type of food in a year through media. So if you're watching TV and you're, you're hungry, I mean, how many people here think that McDonald's is good for you? Raise your hand. Everybody knows that McDonald's is not good for you. How many people still eat at McDonald's? Why? Because it's in your subconscious going, I'm hungry. I'm gonna, it's quick. It's easy. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I love it, right? So you're going to McDonald's because it's already wired. It's wired in there. So if you want to make positive change in your life, you, ha- you do have to set your mind on Jesus. And I'm not saying that you just do, you pick any old thing. You work with the Holy Spirit in this. You say, Holy Spirit, what is the one thing that I need to work on right now? What is the, the, where is the lie that I'm believing and what truth do you want to speak to me about it? And then you focus on it for seven minutes, for 21 days it makes a, breaks down the toxic, and it builds a positive. And then for another two 21-day cycles, it will become a permanent memory. So the first 21 is just breaking it down and building a new one. Then you take another two 21 days and just meditate on it, meditate on God's words, declare it. You know, there's um, a thing Bethel put out for the kids, and we passed out the little pamphlets before in River Kids, and it says um, it's a declaration that we say in... And in the, in the very first verse <clears throat> of it is, I am powerful, and what I believe changes the world. Right. Now, that is a very, very true statement that I think we know, like we say it, what we believe changes the world, what we believe affects things, and we make these declarations, but if you're not believing it, it's not going to do any good. You're, you're just saying stuff, but your heart knows what you believe. Oh, I meant to say this. So when I was talking about you come to church and you hear a really good word and you're like, yes, I'm going to do this. If you don't concentrate on something that you hear that's good, a truth that you've heard and you don't think deeply on it continually, it takes 24 to 48 hours and it turns into hot air. It disappears. There's another word for it that kids like to say that I won't say from the mic hot air <laughs> Heather got it um you we were made to think deeply on things and so has anybody ever experienced this where you're surfing through uh, Facebook or Instagram or whatever thing that you like to look through and you read something you're like man that's really good and you just keep on scrolling can you recall what was really good that you just got we weren't made for these flashes of information. Now that, that's where we're going, and I'm not saying that social media is bad because it's not, but think about how much time that you're, you're on there because you're just getting these flashes of information and that's not how your brain was made. And if you, the subcon- your subconscious will pull things to your conscious mind, it'll sit there for 10 minutes. And if you do nothing with it, it gets buried back. And when it gets buried back, it, it changes either for the good or the bad, and if you do nothing with it, it becomes more solid in your subconscious. So when that conviction comes of, oh, I shouldn't do this or I shouldn't do that, and you choose not to repent and to change your mind and to agree with God, and you do nothing, you just kind of ignore it or you sweep it under the rug, it gets buried back into your subconscious more permanent than it was before it was pulled up. Your thinking is very, very important. So, um, you know, God's word says that his mercies are new every morning, and there's something called a neurogenesis that happens every morning where you have 300 million new neurons every morning that's waiting for you to build on. Like, they used to think that if you were, you had a learning disability or you were brain damaged or you were injured in a car accident and your brain was affected, that there was no hope and you just had to learn how to cope. Well, that's not true anymore. They realized that your brain is plastic. It's called neuroplasticity and that you can actually change your brain. So, if you have a learning disability, you, just, you can retrain your brain and can overcome even people who have brain damage from automobile accidents. You have... 300 million new neurons every morning is called neurogenesis like that's just good so what do you wake up thinking about what'd you go to bed doing looking at Facebook or watching something on TV I mean what 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 I want you to understand is what you're putting into your mind affects you whether you believe it or not why why is our culture the way that it is and why does the church look so much like the rest of the culture? Because, like, people can say that you're being brainwashed. But that's not really true because you, you have a choice in what you're allowing into your brain. So when you're putting God's word into your brain, that and you're reading God's Word, and you're meditating God's Word, that is what's naturally going to come out. And you're living in a love zone where you're going to be healthy. You're going to have love, power, and sound mind. Because you're, you are doing what you were designed to do, which is commune with God. And you've got spirit and life and truth, and you're building it. That's why you're supposed to, in the Old Testament, they said to write them on the doorpost and to hang them and to repeat them. Well, in the New Testament, we, God's going to write them in our heart, but we still have to get them in there. God will write them on our heart if we're putting it in. Do you have that scripture from James to put up? This is James 1 14. Instead, it is each person's own desire and thoughts, hear everybody saying thoughts, that drag them into evil and lure them away into darkness. Evil desires give birth to evil actions, and when sin is fully mature, it can murder you. So, my friends, don't be fooled by your own desires. So, what are you thinking about? We're constantly told to set our minds on Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there are any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So when you find yourself thinking the opposite, I mean, don't get mad, don't beat yourself up. There's no condemnation in Christ. You just go, oh, wait a minute, not going to do that. Repent and choose life um, I want everybody to close their eyes here's your takeaway here is the footnote the cliff note the very bottom of the thing what you think is important choose life become aware of what your thoughts are and ask the Holy Spirit to make you aware of what your thoughts are okay. so right now I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to come God, we want you just to reveal to our hearts the one thing that we need to change. What's the one thought that you want us to work on? And if you get something, write it down or it's going to disappear within 10 minutes. <laughs> and then you're going to ask the Holy Spirit what you can do to change it. Meaning to give you scripture for this. Because Jesus said it, the words that he speaks is spirit and life. So earlier I had asked um, the question about why does the church look like the world? Not all the church. But why does the church so often look like the world? And my, the point I was trying to make that I didn't make was that because we're putting the same things in our minds. We watch the same type of TV shows. We listen to the same types of music. We're thinking the same thoughts. We watch the same news. We're putting the exact same stuff. And if you think that that's the way it has to be, that's a lie. You have the power to change what you're putting in your mind. And then I'm gonna do one more little exercise. So God gave each of us an imagination, and imagination's a good thing. It's a really, really good thing. They have proven that if you visualize yourself doing something, that you will be more successful in doing it. And the world gets this. The world practices this but I think we've lost it in the church. Like we think imagination, well, because the New Agers do it, it must be bad. That's a lie. The New Agers just copy what God's already given us. So how many people want to um, see an arm grow out when they pray for somebody that has an arm? Raise your hand. How many of you have imagined seeing it? How many people want to give prophetic words over people that, completely changed the course of their life how many of you imagine yourself doing it how many people want to dance on Broadway (laughs) or be in a movie (laughs) or or be in a movie or run for president (laughs) we need we need believers in politics okay Are you imagining yourself doing it? And then then there's something on the other side I just want to make reference to. Katie Brown said this about two years ago in one of our women's Bible study. Not Bible studies, prayer meeting. Completely changed my perspective. It was the most profound thing I think I've ever heard anybody say at least for me it spoke to me she's going what I say <laughs> she was praying for somebody and she said to that as she was praying for them she said that they would not have any imagination that God was not in for me that was huge because I have all kinds of wild imaginations that God not in and you just keep going and you're watching this whole little movie and it, by, by the time you're over it, you are in panic, anxiety. You think Jesus is coming back and you're not going to make it. I mean, it can be really, really bad. So when you catch yourself in these types of visions, vain imaginations, just stop. Just stop. You have the power to stop and to go, all right, Jesus, what do you say? What do you say about this? Or what, where do I need to put my focus Because I think even, help me with scripture, and there's somewhere in the Bible where it talks about that the, um, I think it's Job, what he feared came upon upon him. So choose love, not fear. So the second thing I want you to do is to close your eyes, and I want you to imagine something that you want that you have not seen yet in your life. Maybe it's to get married. Maybe it's to have a baby. Maybe it's to go on the missions trip. And I just want you to just begin. Invite Jesus into this imagination. It is good to dream. And just take a minute and see yourself doing it. And write this stuff down. If you want to know more about Renewing your mind and it actually taking, taking root, Caroline Leaf, L E A F, and you can YouTube her and watch all kinds of stuff. But it's really helped me to know the site. It, it gave me things to picture. Go ahead. Okay.
2: So back to the new, new age mentality that you mentioned earlier, uh-huh.
1: prayer,
2: which I think what you're talking about is the visualization, I believe it's going to be ESO. Right.
1: Right, it's not sustainable, sustainable. and some people may have some form of sustainability, like if, let's say, it's um, somebody who, well, this is not new age, but like they struggle with drugs and they go to rehab and they actually do get set free from drugs, but they're not necessarily a believer, you can have some success in it but it's not true success i mean and then other times it'll eventually fail because you're not connected to the vine yeah she's a spirit-filled christian and so she went when she went to school she was told there was no change in the brain that you can't like there's no hope you teach your patients to cope and she said god this doesn't line up with your word so for 25 years she was applying it she went into schools in south africa that were in the slums and they had the lowest test scores. she helped to retrain their brain and they were flourishing the kids loved school they did wonderful things so she was in practical so yes she applied she researched and saw it come to pass yeah she's a spirit-filled believer
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, um, does that affect your physical body? I mean, you can become
1: sick of your Yes, absolutely. That was the, um, the DNA. The, these are actual proteins. So when you have a thought and it goes through all these different parts of your brain, it starts in the frontal lobe and then it gets shifted out and it goes into your um, hypothalamus which then feeds into two other parts which are in charge of your hormones, it will release hormones based on your thoughts. And so the, the stress, and if you're stressed and you stay in a toxic thought pattern, um, it causes stress, which releases certain um, chemicals, which has, um, which your body treats as inflammation in the brain, which can cause an autoimmune response. So if you have stuff like this going on don't get into condemnation and don't go oh my gosh I have caused this I've brought this all myself that is not what this is about this is saying that may be true but step back into the love zone and change your thinking and your DNA will change these are protein structures that go in like I hold on, because you asked I actually wrote down the words um There are billion, 100 billion neurons in your brain, and that's 20% of what your brain is, are these neurons. Each neuron can grow up to 2,000 branches, okay? I don't know where my pen is. Not that I can draw 2,000, but if you have a neuron, this is a neuron, which is actually really small. It can have 2,000 branches, right? This isn't even the brain. This is a neuron. Do y'all know what a neuron is? Yes. Really, really small. <laughs> okay, 2,000 branches. Each branch has 10 million microtubes. Each of the microtubes have these train tracks. The train tracks have protein, which are created in a thought, 400 billion actions per second happens at a quantum speed and just to mess you up a little bit further each of these proteins actually vibrate in a rhythm and if it's toxic it's um, discord like it's not harmonious if it's love these proteins are actually vibrating in harmony and you can pick it up through electronics and here. So you are actually singing a song to the Lord constantly. At a subatomic level. <laughs> <laughs> so think about that for just think go follow follow me. Subatomic level, harmony, constantly singing in your body without you knowing it. That same quantum energy is released through your words. So when you walk up to someone and you tell them a prophetic word or you tell them you are made with purpose and destiny and God loves you, even if they don't get it, the quantum in them gets it. That, love, that God force in them gets it. But the, the opposite is true. You curse somebody. Like there's this whole, uh, there's this, a teaching that I did at um, Center of City for Convergence. And it talked about the power of words and how it actually changes like water. The words that you speak, to water, you crystallize it, and it will change it. So all these things are true, and all these things are happening, and we're unaware. So when you walk into a room, and you know what you carry, and you say the things that the Lord is saying about that situation, overrides everything. So you do have a love power and a sound mind, and you are important. And when you do walk in places, you do shift atmospheres. Do not let what you walk into change it, what's happening eternally. Even with what happened in the world, in the, in the United States, don't let it mess with what's happening with you internally. You're called to change it. Not to be affected by it. Not to curse it. To change it. And the four generations, I want to get back to that. We've got to change our our, um, focus is a lot of here and now, a lot of here and now. We have to start changing our vision to 100 years from now, multi-generations. Start blessing your great-great-grandchildren. I mean, because God is outside time and space, and so are your prayers. Start speaking into their identity. You don't even know who they are. Do it with your children, too. But, I mean, this is so, we have so much more available than what we actually act in. Because I think, for me personally, you're just bombarded with the day-to-day. So just take moments to sit and to be quiet and to focus your gaze on Jesus, to put God's word in your heart. So, yes, Heather's question, does it affect your, your body? Yes, it does affect your body. Your thoughts affect your body. So when you speak things, speak life. Because doctors just report what they know. They're, they're not bad. They are trained to report what they know. So then you go to God's word and you say, God, well, what do you think about this? And then you change your imagination. You don't go through the imagination of, oh, my gosh, how am I going to do and these treatments and these treatments and these treatments and and all this. You go, okay, God, what do you want to say about this? And even if you walk through treatments, you can walk through treatments with joy and peace and love and hope. Because, you know, sometimes there's these instantaneous deliverances and instantaneous healings and instantaneous things that happen to people i don't think i've ever been an instantaneous person (laughs) like not that i work for it or get work to get god to do something but i have to retrain my thinking or i just have to pray i walk it out i'm walk i walked out a lot of stuff both is good instantaneous excellent walking things out just as good There's one teaching that she does where she actually goes through and um, goes through the anatomy of the brain, and so you've got the hypothalamus and you probably the frontal lobe and all of this stuff, and so she goes in and she breaks down exactly what happens in each part and what signals it does, and so when it gets to the part of excreting hormones and whatever else, your your brain your mind tells your brain what to do. And your brain tells your body what to do. Which is why it's important to let your spirit be in control from the Holy Spirit. Because your body is made to respond to your brain. Which responds to your mind. Now some scientists don't believe that. They think that the brain and the mind are one. But those are usually people who don't believe in God. But the mind, they, um, research shows first you have a thought, then it changes your brain. Thought affects matter. Mind over matter. Your mind is what puts the shape in your brain. Anybody else? Okay, say that very first part. Somebody's Somebody has cursed you. Cursed you. Okay. Yeah. Um, yes, because is it Proverbs and it says that a, a curse without calls will not take a flight, take a light? Okay, so basically if somebody's cursing you and there's not, first of all, there's no calls. Like they, they are calling you an idiot and there's no reason to call you an idiot, it's not going to alight. But if you then go, oh my gosh. Maybe I am an idiot. Then it can attach. But here's the really cool thing no matter what is spoken, so God's outside in time and space, our prayers are outside in time and space, our spirit is outside in time and space, and so is the blood of Jesus. So that's why we pray the blood of Jesus over things and it covers it. Like when you walk into a new home that you built and you pray and you bless it and you release blessings and you cleanse it through the blood of Jesus, that's why it works. It's not some Christian supernatural. I mean, it's real. There's power. (laughs) This is Landon.
2: Yay.
0: Um, So I had brain surgery in 2010. um, And a little story before that. So when I was in high school, I was into weightlifting. And I dropped 370 pounds on my head, um, which then I had. You know, the MRI showed uh, arachnoid cyst and a tumor that had been growing, and I never knew about it. Um, So I mean, it's a God thing it happened. I wish it was done a different way, but it happened. Um, So then, I think it was about three or four weeks later, um, they did another MRI, and it showed uh, another mass. um, It showed the tumor, and it was getting bigger um, which at the time I was going to a different church where they were talking about healings and different things like that. Um, and they prayed over me cause they told me that I was going to have to have surgery. Um, so in 2010 I had surgery and they told me that when I woke up, I wouldn't be the same person. Um, my hand eye coordination would be completely different. My personality would be different. Um. And I just told my family, you know, before I went under that I'd see you in a little while and I'd be the same person. So after the church prayed over me and everything, the, and the surgery happened, and they came in the room and they said, well, we only found two masses. One was the cyst, which was the size of a golf ball, and the other one was a piece of bone, um, which they were positive that it was a tumor but the tumor turned to bone. And they've never seen bone grow in a human skull. Um, and the only thing that changed with me is I came became more passionate through love. Yeah. Um, you know, God's just amazing. And just being able to you know, see this and relate it to it. And, you know, um, when I was under... They didn't push enough anesthesia because they were running a little bit late. So I started waking up and they pushed more, which didn't stop my heart. But um, just re- the only thing I remember is just being at peace, total peace. Um, and then it was like feeling like rushed, you're rushed to be somewhere. And that's when I started waking up. Uh, my heart started beating again. But just thinking back on that, and knowing that you can reverse this, you know, they told me that I was going to be different and that I had all this negativity as far as the tumor and all that. But then through my old church and just being positive and knowing who I was, I was at peace. And, yes, I was, you know, 17 years old, and I didn't really take it serious. But just seeing that, I turned it around and been positive because I didn't worry about it. And that's why I told my family I'd I'd see them when I woke up.
1: Put your hands together like this. This is how big your brain is. Isn't that cool? It's not that big. Mine's not that big. (laughs) Claire, do you want to say something? No, come up here. This is my husband. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, in the spirit of Todd, this will be the first closing. Ben can be the second. So, this may be more for me than for y'all because I get really nervous in front of people. Um, so. <laughs> but, uh,. Tisha did a really good job this morning. I've heard some of this stuff before, but never that fluid in, in all one, one, one place. Um, but as she was speaking, it brought things to mind for me. Um, and it happened something you, you had said. Um, I work with a bunch of engineers, so very rational thinkers. So there was a guy a few years ago who, uh, he wanted to believe, but he had a real tough time. Um, but I would talk to him on occasion. And... Uh, I would tell him I was like, because he was very much into you know what's written by man, what's understood by man is what is. And I told him one time I, I said, well, you know we used to think the world was flat, and we found out it was round. You know we used to think the sun was the center of our universe, and we realized it wasn't. Um, so you can't let man be the dog and us be the tail. You really need to let God be the dog and we be the tail. So. What it's good to understand science. I think it helps, like what Tisha explained today was good, because it helps you to understand God better, right? Because God is the designer. But um, the Bible, you know, is what we stand on. It's the application of science, right? So it's the the application. So, you know, he says, speak it, and it will happen. Well, there's science. There's a foundation there, right? Yeah. But it's good to understand, but don't get caught up in the details, you know? Go back to the Bible. If you ever get confused, you're like, oh, my gosh, what's happening? Go back to the Bible because that's, that's the application. You know, he breaks it down so you can understand it. So you speak it. You walk it out. Um, so what Tisha said today was good. I look at the wall. <laughs> Um, But what she did was give, she gave hope, right? Because you can change things. You know, go listen to Caroline Leaf, you know. You have to be intentional. It's going to take some work. It's not going to just happen. But work at it. Be intentional, you know. Set you up some goals and just work through it. You know, one thing at a time. Don't get caught up in in the mass of stuff. Just take it one thing at a time. And over time you'll see a change. And as you change and become more have a better foundation of who you are, then you will change the world, you know? you know. But you have to be intentional. I'm not very good. Like, I've been meaning to, like, spend time in studying, and I'm not very good at that. But I know I need to be um, because you have to be, you know, for the world's sake, for your kid's sake. You have the power to change your family, you, your family, the inheritance of the next family, you know? And then those people will, will branch out, much like those those trees will go out. You know, that's why the tree is such a representation of God because it goes and it branches out and gets gives forth life. So, uh, and this is where it starts, you know, with you. So, all right. Sorry.
3: That was awesome. Clint, that was awesome. Um. I'm going to just, one thing that Clint was saying, and, and, and um, I'm just thankful that God designed our brains and that he, he knew what he was doing because it can get complicated. But one thing that, I, I, the scripture that was coming to my mind, and really, it really was uh, perfect what Clint said. It says that, uh, how Psalm 1 says, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, right? He's not around them. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and he meditates on it day and night. See, that's confirmation. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, and he will bear fruit in his season. There's just something about, you know, the Lord, before we knew science, the Lord knew our brains, right? And he gave practical tips to to meditate on his word, to rejoice in him, to, to, to set our minds. The Bible says in Colossians, set your mind on, on, on heavenly things where Christ is, on, on heavenly places where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Setting our minds there, it actually affects our brains. Before we knew the science behind it, God knew, hey, I know what you need to do. And it'll help you stay in peace, stay in joy, stay in hope if you meditate on it. So and the other thing that doesn't say is the cool thing about us is that we have the mind of Christ So where the world, I think Cameron was asked that question, the world may do this on a positive thinking thing, but they have to do it nonstop every single day to have that transformation in their lives. We have a constant communion with God whose mind is always thinking good thoughts towards us. So do you see the difference? One of them is working for it, the other one we have it. They're just hoping and grasping for something that we've already obtained as long as we stay connected to the vine, which is a whole other deal. So I just thought that was beautiful. Wow. Okay. I don't know how to follow that. Um, Let's stand up. Do we we have altar? Do we have altar? Is there people that can pray for people? (laughs) Let me get the ministry team come up real quick. You're kind.